Hey guys, welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both movie theater workers, hoping that neither of us are the person who has to clean the men's bathroom tonight. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's good? What's up? What's new with your life? Um, I am $175 uh, poorer. I forgot the word poor. I That word left my brain. Um, anyways, I just spent $175 on my Halloween costume, and I also bought some other clothing items, too. But I spent a lot of money, but you know what? A girl's going to look hot. Are you willing to share with the listeners what you're going to be dressing up as? I am going to be dressing up as one of my crushes, one of my all-time favorite gals, one of my inspirations, the amazing Raven from Teen Titans. And I mean the original Teen Titans that was on Cartoon Network in the mid-2000s. I don't know who that is, but I support you. You know, she's a demon. She's she's goth. You know, she was like an alt quiet girl. She has magic. You know, she's pretty cool. She sounds right up your alley. Um, I was just telling Paige about this celebration that I went to for the Jewish holiday Rosh Hashanah. I am not Jewish, but I was there in observance of the holiday. And the food is incredible. I did not know that Jewish people go that hard with their food. And I am in awe, and I want to go to everything else. I had been to a Seder meal before. Have you been to one of those, Paige? Yeah, we had one in eighth grade. Do you remember? Oh, fuck, I do now. <laughs> and my, at the time, my boyfriend's mom was, like, a helper at that, and she washed my feet, and it was very bizarre. I hate everything about that. I forgot about that. I blocked that experience out. <laughs> I, I had a really good time because no one wanted to eat the meat that was provided except me. It and, was in you. Yeah, I had like three plates of that stuff. It was so good. Yes, it was like ground beef, but it was lamb and it was so good. Yeah, and I and they had just like like bread to eat the meat with. It was just it made me feel archaic. And like the way that grapes make me feel and eating fruit. It made me feel like like, I was participating in something ancient. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's fair. It kind of feels like we've just been rolling through a new moon. We're, like, already on page 200, which is, like, past page 200, which is kind of crazy. But this week we read two chapters, Adrenaline and Third Wheel. Paige is already shaking her head. I got to know. I got to know what you thought. I hated both of these chapters, I do got to say. Both left me with bad feelings in my stomach. Um... First chapter, Adrenaline. I might get hate for this, but you know what? I don't care. Please wear a helmet. Wear a helmet if you're wearing a mo- or if you're riding a motorcycle. The fact that neither of them are wearing a helmet, like I know why Bella isn't, because she's acting a fool. Um, but Jacob doesn't wear a helmet either. I'm assuming, like it's not described, but. I would think if he was wearing a helmet, he would have made some kind of mention of it to Bella. Like, hey, Bella, make sure you wear a helmet, because I am. Or he would have brought one for her, you know. Neither of them are wearing helmets, and it gave me anxiety the whole time. On top of everything else that Bella's doing, just whack-a-doodle. <laughs> Second chapter, cringe to the max. So cringe. When I predicted that someone, w- someone was going to be the third wheel in the dynamic between Jacob and Bella. There's a dog barking. Can you hear it? Yes, but it's okay. People okay. know that dogs bark. Okay, just make it turn. I never would have guessed Mike Newton. I'm sorry. I really thought it was going to be like a parent or Bella hallucinating that Edward was there with them or something like that. Mike Newton was so far detached in my brain as a contender. Didn't even think about it. And then the Jacob having the conversation about his feelings and Bella being like, I'm going to make sure I set the record straight. I got to make sure that I'm as clear as possible, but then doesn't do it at all. And then Jacob's like, I don't care if you said no, I'm still going to try. It's just, it was just all so bad and cringy. 
I agree. Yeah. There wasn't like a whole lot of happy moments in this. There was some humor because it was awkward, but we'll get to that. Um, I'll be honest with you, for this first chapter, I had like literally three notes. Because basically all that goes down is that Bella rides this motorcycle and fucking crashes it five times. But I'll still go over it because that's what I do. But, you know, there's this whole thing where Jacob's kind of giving her instructions on how to do it, which was all over my head. My dad is a big motorcycle guy, but I don't personally know how to ride it. And I don't care to learn. It's not really my thing. And I think you're right, Paige, because she describes how Jacob looks on the motorcycle and like his hair flowing in the wind. So like, I feel like it wouldn't do that if he had a helmet on. So the very first time that Bella tries to ride it, she hears Edward's voice in her head and she automatically like drops the bike. So nothing bad happens to her in that. It just kind of lands half on top of her, but she's fine. I was kind of surprised at like that she is surprised because I kind of thought that she would make this leap beforehand. You know, like she was doing reckless things because she had done a reckless thing that one time and she had heard his voice. But she apparently was just like wanting to do it to break her promise to him. And then this was like an added benefit. But I don't know. I was confused by that. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't necessarily confused. But I guess in my mind, like the shock for her was that it was like, like how ferocious it was in a way. Or like, like, it seems unrealistic to me that, like you said, that she wouldn't have made the connection that this is going to have the same effect as even thinking about going on the bikes or anything like that. I I just feel like like maybe how loud it was and how like, hey, bitch. I mean, Edward would never say that, but, you know, like that's kind of what like surprised her about it. Yeah. OK, that's fair. Um, so even though. You know, this first time didn't go well at all. She's like immediately like, okay, I have to do this over and over again so that I can keep hearing these hallucinations of my ex-boyfriend. There's no way to describe this without it seeming crazy. So I'm just going to keep it moving. So finally, Bella gets going on her bike and she hears Edward yell, no, Bella, watch what you're doing. And she says that there's a curve coming up and Jacob hadn't told her how to turn. And so she does the wrong thing to brake. She tries to brake like she would in her truck. And then she, like, slams into, like, a rock or something, right? In the movie, it's a rock. But in this, it's just, like, the ground, basically. Yes, I think she wakes up, like, sideways on the ground. Um, I wanted to say, I was, I've been kind of thinking this for a while now. And I want to get a little more into it on a separate note in the next chapter, but there is no way in heck that Alice isn't having some fucked up visions about all this. Like, I cannot imagine that the Cones don't know that this is happening. At least Edward and uh, Alice, they have to know. Because I can't see Bella getting this injured and doing something like this and Alice not telling Edward because it's just so out of character for her. She must be seeing all kinds of crazy stuff right now. Interesting. Okay. So you think she's still like paying attention to Bella, even though presumably they're far away, or at least some distance away. I think that Alice might let her mind go that way because she knows that they were going to be friends and or she knew that they were going to be friends and I feel like she had a really close connection with Bella and she just doesn't seem like the kind of person who would just stop caring you know and so I could see her reaching out mentally every now and then just to see like wonder what Bella's up to these days and then seeing her crashing into a rock on a motorcycle with Jacob Black like I I could definitely see her just being curious and wanting to see, you know? I mean, I don't know, depending on how far away they are, if it's even possible, but if it is, I think that Alice is seeing this stuff. Okay. What do you think Edward's reaction would be? 
like if if she did end up telling him this stuff um i can't place it in an episode but do you know that spongebob audio where i think it's like him talking about beating someone up and they're like what about that guy and then he goes like he has he does like a gasp kind of sound that's kind of what i think his reaction would be like losing his shit okay that's interesting but he's not doing anything about it because he hasn't popped up yeah not that we know of i mean i guess it's possible he could be coming and just watching you know but like it's hard for me to see edward coming and just watching and letting this happen i feel like if he were to come he would intervene in some way you know like he would put himself out there so i don't think i don't think he's here I just think he's probably he probably knows about this and is very upset. <laughs> As may have the time to a chair or something. Yeah, seriously. Rosalie is just rolling her eyes into the ocean. Yeah, as she deserves to. So after Bella lands in this crash, um, Jacob says, you know, you've got a huge cut on your forehead and it's gushing blood. And there's I don't want to call it a funny moment, but kind of an ironic moment where she says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, why are you apologizing for bleeding? That's just kind of probably the habit that she got into. And so they go to drive her to the ER, but they go through this whole charade first where um, they like go hide the bikes and then get her clothes. So it seems like they were in the garage the whole time. It's stupid. I cannot believe that Jacob went along with that. I, I really, really cannot believe that he let that happen i mean if it were my friend and they're worried about getting in trouble i'm like i don't think that that's the important thing here right now you literally have a head wound that's like the worst kind of wound you could have we you need to go to the emergency room right now bella this is not like it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission like even if your parents found out i think that they'll be glad that you're alive you know, I'm sure Charlie Charlie will be mad, but I just I'm it's just so irresponsible and I can't believe that she convinced Jacob to do that and that Jacob went along with it. It is it is jaw dropping to me. I hear where you're coming from. However, just to argue the other side, this is obviously a little bit different, but I was just telling this story last night. But my great aunt Vera, who died about a year and a half ago but she was very similar to like a grandparent for me because I haven't had grandparents since I was 11 um but she lived in Minnesota and so I would visit her when I went to college there sometimes and one of the times that I was visiting her at the time she was like 87 88 and we were walking into this restaurant in the town that she lived in and we were crossing the street and she fell she tripped over a thing on the curb and fell and broke her arm and we all like knew she was hurt we didn't know that her arm was broken like i'm sure we assumed but she literally forced us to go into the restaurant and eat so we ate super fast because it was like a buffet then she was like go get some pie and we're like we're not getting pie we're going to the hospital but she just kind of had that like sway over people where she was like we i'm not going anywhere in that car until we eat and i was like i guess we have to eat I I guess that's I I guess it's just it's so hard for me to validate or to find some way to mentally validate doing that with a head wound like an a broken arm and a buffet I could I could see putting it off you know I could see putting off going to the doctor but a, a bleeding head wound that that required stitches you know yeah. It's, just, it's, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around that. That's fair. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <sighs> these these kids, man, I am sick of them. <laughs> Get used to it, man. We got two more books after this. <laughs> so eventually they get to the hospital but before they do that, they have this weird moment where Bella's kind of like scrutinizing, I guess isn't the right word, but she's just looking at Jacob and she has the audacity to say, did you know you're sort of beautiful? Once the word slipped out, I worried that he might take my impulsive observation the wrong way. But Jacob just rolled his eyes. You hit your head pretty hard, didn't you? 
I'm serious. Well, then, thanks, sort of. You're sort of welcome. She says, like, oh, he didn't, like, take it seriously, but then he mentions it later on in the next chapter, so clearly he did. Again, it's one of those things, like we talked about, I think, in the last episode, where something I would never say to someone who I know has feelings for me. I, and I don't reciprocate the feelings. I don't think I would ever compliment the way that they look, unless it's like, oh, formal occasion, they're wearing, you know, a nice outfit. Oh, you look really, you really, you look really good, you know? But like, this is not that situation, and it could 100% be taken as it did the wrong way by the person hearing it. Totally, yeah. And then even when he says, like, oh, you hit your head, she could be like, ah, yeah, you're right. She's like, I mean it. I'm serious. Girl, no. Also, this is becoming, like, very quickly, as Jacob has already, an addiction for Bella. She literally is like, maybe if I go fast at the ER, I can try again tonight. That is really bad. I'm trying to find the right words. It is so, so bad. What I want to know is, if this all went the way that Bella wants it to, she gets out of the ER quickly, she goes home, what was her plan? What was she going to do? Because she can't ride the motorcycles at home. What was she going to do? That's a great question. And she's brainstorming it later, and eventually she decides to try to find the meadow, but I don't think that would have occurred to her at her house at night. What was she going to jump off the roof? Or? Yeah, I, I can only assume something bad. I Bella, I, I had a lot of respect, and I, I really enjoyed reading about her and from her perspective in Twilight. Everything that she's doing now makes me upset. I hate it. It just makes me mostly feel bad for her because she just needs help and she's getting it in the wrong places. Like, I think Jacob is good for her, but I think he enables this behavior, which is clearly not a good coping mechanism. And yeah, I just overall, I just feel bad for her. I'm like, you got to find a better outlet. Yeah, I think, you know, she could still continue to ride the motorcycle and just riding a motorcycle in general, I feel like, would be a very thrilling experience. And she could get all the hallucinations she wants, even if she does wear a full head helmet and maybe, like, a leather jacket top, you know, and denim pants. Not denim skirt. Denim pants. Um, oh, wait. She wore khaki. Never mind that. I thought that that was going to be a witty skirt comment, but... It still kind of was, because then I was picturing Bella in a long denim skirt as opposed to a khaki one, and it was horrible. So you achieved what you wanted. Actually, I also don't think it would be possible to ride a motorcycle in that, so. True. (laughs) The whole point is that she could, I think, in theory, continue to ride the motorcycle and get hallucinations even if she was wearing full protective gear. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe she thinks that, like, the more dangerous it is, the more likely... She will have these hallucinations. I don't know. That's 100% the what I got from this chapter, which is why she ends up at the emergency room like four more times. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of the next thing that happens is the next Wednesday she gets a concussion and Charlie has to wake her up every two hours through the night. Which, by the way, if you've never had to do that, that is brutal. I've had to do that before for someone, a friend of mine, and it's like, you have to wake up every two hours. Like, that sucks, bro. It, I, I've never had to do it from uh, from either perspective, but it sounds horrible. It is. Just imagine you finally get back to sleep, and then two hours later, or less, because it took you a while to get back to sleep, another alarm's going off. No. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I felt like I was having a stroke reading this paragraph. Like, there's a break in the text um, after she thinks about coming home from the ER. And then we've time jumped. And my brain couldn't, didn't gather what was going on. I thought that I was, I had to reread the page like three times. Because I could not figure out what was going on. I had not realized that they had jumped into the future. 
The the part about the next Wednesday? Yeah. Because, well, because also, so she's coming home from the ER again. Because where the first paragraph stops is that she's at the ER. And then the next one, she's coming home from the ER. So I was like, wait, what? Like, how is it this next Wednesday? I don't understand. Like, she's coming home from the ER and suddenly we're a week. Like, I didn't gather she was at the ER again. So it took me a long time to figure out what was going on. Well, that's fair. I feel like it is very confusingly worded. So I'll give you that one. Um, but after this whole second ER incident, she tells Jacob that, like, we might have to... Or, she just says that Charlie's getting nosy, and he says, like, maybe we should do something else for a week. A week! And so that's when Bella decides that she wants to try to find the meadow so that she can, she feels like it is the only other place um, that might have a trace of Edward that she can interact with. And so she tells Jacob about it, and he's pretty confident that they could find it with a grid pattern. I just want to say, you know this girl is down bad if she's fucking hiking, because we know how Bella feels about hiking. Yeah, I, I've only ever gone hiking for a romantic partner one time, and um, it was, I was anxious the whole time, so 0 out of 10 would not recommend. She's got to be downzo to clownzo if this is what she's doing, you know? Yeah, it's not even about romantic for her and Jacob, she's just like, once again, he's a tool that can get her there. Yeah, and... All she wants, she, she doesn't even want, like, not that she doesn't want it. The outcome is not going to be, like, something physical. The outcome is going to be she gets more hallucinations. That's not, it's not a, a good exchange of, of goods. Agreed. And, like, he's just going to have to be there while she has these hallucinations. I, I'm picturing her in the meadow with Jacob, and she's having a Raven Simone-esque, like, uh, that's so Raven look to her as she's having these hallucinations and Jacob is like, hello, <laughs> Bella, are you okay? <laughs> so awful and so awkward for him. Um, so they go out trying to find it, but they don't do it. But he says that they made progress on his little map, weird map thing. Um, while they're hiking, Bella asks about Embry and... Um, basically nothing has changed. Jacob says that he's still hanging with Sam and Sam is still looking at Jacob weirdly. And that's pretty much the end of the chapter. Um, they have this weird banter that I felt like was unnecessary, but whatever. We're basically, they're talking about the bear that everyone's been talking about this whole book. And Jacob's like, oh, I bet you'd taste good or whatever. I don't even want to go over it, stupid. Um, the only thing that we didn't talk about that, I mean, it's not even that important, really, but Billy just seemed really cute to me in this, like, when they're, like, looking at the map on the floor, and he's like, well, I hope you guys have a good time, you know, look out for the bear, um, bring a pot of honey or something like that, I don't know, he just, like, gave me, like, cute dad vibes. Yes, he's a wholesome dude, and I love the actor who plays him, too, his name's Gil Birmingham, he's awesome. Okay, so then we move on to chapter nine, third wheel. And this kind of has a time jump at the beginning of it, too, um, where Bella says that her life is just kind of blurring between school, work, and Jacob. Her words, not mine. Although I do really like this, like, metaphor, analogy, whatever that she used. I always liked it. Um, she says, I was like a lost moon, my planet destroyed in some cataclysmic disaster movie scenario of desolation that continued, nevertheless, to circle in a tight little orbit around the empty space left behind, ignoring the laws of gravity. I'm like, when you gotta read yourself, you gotta read yourself. Yeah, Bella's ignoring the laws of gravity to the fullest. Yes, and every other law. Not every, but several. <laughs> like, I can think of a few laws that she, so she still seems to be respecting. For now. <laughs> I don't know. So she does say that, you know, she's getting better at riding the motorcycles, which means that the hallucinations aren't as good. And, you know, she's working really hard to try to find the meadow, but they still haven't found it. And then all of a sudden it's Valentine's Day and Jacob got her the 
conversation hearts, and she's like, yep. Yep. She, who, who under the age of 47 years old says the word schmuck? Bella, apparently. Well, I feel like a schmuck. I know. It was very, like, art teacher, old art teacher energy. It's very, I'm an adult trying to think, how do kids talk? I, they say this, right? Yeah, maybe she got it from Edward. It sounds like something he would say. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> so, you know, Jacob's kind of, like, playfully flirting with her, and Bella's kind of worried about it. But for now, the subject passes, um, because he's like, what do you want to do on Friday? And she says, oh, she thinks, like, oh, this is the perfect time to, like, go to that movie with Mike that I said I would go to. And she's like, we can make a whole group out of it. But... Originally, I don't think she was planning on asking Jacob to go, but he gets all sad, and so she automatically is like, but you can come. Which, again, beating a dead horse here, but maybe don't do that, Bella. I think that inviting Jacob into, a like, a big group of friends like that, good idea. But that's not, she didn't even want to. Like, that's the thing that, she's doing it to make him not sad. And that, again, sends the wrong message to him like if she was like hey a big group of my friends are gonna go to the movies why don't you come like it's gonna be a fun like group of us you know it'll be a good time i just the fact that i it's like a second thought is i don't like it me neither and we sure know it doesn't end well but anyways so the next day she um approaches mike with the idea and he's bummed when she says um, get, that she wants to get a group together. But then he's like, what if I made it a triple date? So he, like, mentions a couple um, couples. A couple couples. Sorry, that was kind of weird. But um, Bella's like, yeah, we're not doing that. So how about these other people and these people? And I'm going to bring a few friends. And Mike's visibly disappointed. But that's the plan for now. But... It falls apart very quickly, like on the same page. Um, so Jessica and Lauren don't want to go because they are being painted as bitches by Stephanie Meyer to further the plot, even though it's not furthering the plot. And um, I guess a little, but it's just they, there was a way to do it that was not that. Um, I love this little jab at these randos, Eric and Katie. It was their three-week anniversary or something. So rude. What was the reason? I, you know, Bella has the the greatest relationship. Well, they broke up. But Bella had the greatest relationship in the history of relationships. So, I mean, no one was in as healthy or as strong of a relationship as her and Edward. So she has the right to judge people. I'm like, didn't y'all say I love you on, like, date two? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then, yeah, other people can't come for various reasons. Quill's grounded. So the plan is for Angela and Ben and Jacob and Mike and Bella, which is already kind of like a weird group, but I guess we're going to do it. Okay, so turns out stomach flu's going around. So Mike, or I'm sorry. Angela gets sick. Ben is going to stay and take care of her. And so now it's just Bella, Mike, and Jacob. And Paige and I had told this story before about how we ended up going to a movie, us two, and one other person that was a very random group. But it wasn't weird because there wasn't romantic feelings between any of us. And we were all friends and we all knew each other. Whereas Jacob and Mike don't know each other. My point in this is that you should have canceled. You should have been like, literally, Mike should have been like, I'm out. Or Bella should have been like, maybe another time. Literally anyone. Anyone. Yeah, I, when they all got together, the three of them in front of Bella's house, that should have been where it ended. Like, oh man, so many people canceled. Like, I just feel like it just would be more fun as a bigger group. Like, maybe let's shoot for next weekend. Like, why can't, why can't they just do that? Literally, and all my fellow introverts know, as Paige knows, 
like kind of one of the best feelings ever is when plans get canceled even if they were plans that you were looking forward to a little it's kind of a good feeling when they get canceled when it's plans that you're not looking forward to it's the best i i don't think i've ever told you this story before i don't know if i've ever told anyone this story before but in my freshman year of college now i need to forward this story with a little a little brief tidbit of information when i got snapchat for the first time in i think senior year of high school i was obsessed with it i loved the drawing tool i loved to like make crazy just things on my snapchats and this was before snapchat was even remotely what it is now so like the best thing you could do was draw all over yourself i posted my snapchat on reddit mistake number one asking for friends. I just got on Snapchat and I wanted people who were really into the drawing tool. This mostly did not backfire. I actually met a lot of cool people that way and people that I talked to for years and years after. One person being this girl from Chicago who I posted when I started going to college on my like orientation day, there was like a big pep rally and I posted a Snapchat on my story of everyone chanting and she was like, oh my God, I'm here too. And she sent me a Snapchat from the same pep rally and we found out that we were going to the same college. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. A couple months later, she was like, how have we not gotten coffee yet? Or like, how have we not like seen each other? I feel like we should totally get coffee. And I was like, Frick yeah, let's do it. But I was really nervous because like, I honestly didn't really know much about her aside from that she was from Chicago and she was into like fashion. So I was really, really nervous about it. We made plans for a day. When that day came, she was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I forgot my parents are coming in or something. Can we move it to this time next week? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I showed up. And I think that she forgot because I waited for like an hour and a half and she never showed up. It was her idea. So I figured she forgot because why even suggest rescheduling if you didn't want to go, you know? Um, But I was so nervous that she never showed up and I was like, okay, bye. And then I left and I don't think we ever talked to each other ever again sad but I mean I get it yeah I totally get it what I don't get is you waiting for an hour and a half I am a 15 minutes you're not there I'm gone girl now I definitely get that but it was I had like three hours in between a class so I was going to sit somewhere anyways on campus and do homework so I sat there and I did homework for like that hour and a half and then she just never showed up. I could have messaged her and been like, hey, I'm at the coffee place, where are you at? But I kind of evaluated how I was feeling and is it worth it? And I didn't, so it's kind of on me too. But you know what, I have no regrets. I mean, I do that shit all the time. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. The bare minimum effort and then if it doesn't pan out, I'm like, darn. If God wanted this to happen, things would be different. So true, bestie. (laughs) Okay, so they get into the car because for some reason they decide to still fucking go to this movie. And Mike's in the back, poor kid. And so Bella and Jacob are just talking to the friend, having a grand old time. And, you know, I do feel bad for Mike. This was ill-advised for him to lean forward and rest his chin on the shoulder of Bella's seat. Very awkward. But it is the fucking worst when two people are in the front, especially if there's music playing and you can't hear them over the music. So they just assume you're not participating because you don't want to, but it's actually because you can't understand what's being said. Yeah, this is this is just all around very awkward. And I I feel a, a little bad for Bella because I I would hate to be the person in a group of friends not even a group of friends, a group of three people where you're the only person that the other two know, they don't know each other. So it's like, like, like when I go to a party, I want to make sure I have someone at that party that like 
is my friend and will be there to talk to. And, you know, like the two of us can mingle with other people. It's just, it, this is so awkward that Bella has to be that person for both of them. I, if the circumstances were different, like how the three of us went to that movie long ago, you know, easy for people, for three people to be friends, you know, but there's this huge pissing contest going on between the two of them for Bella. And it's just, it's just all around so awkward. Yeah, it is. You're right. I do feel bad for her because you you kind of always, I feel like it's a human nature thing to like always want your friends to get along and sometimes they're just not gonna. No, they're not. <laughs> um, so when, well, I'm sorry. When Mike leans forward to do this weird thing, he asks Jacob to turn on music and Jacob very astutely is like, Bella doesn't like music, which is, you know, a whole separate thing to unpack by itself, but I did think it was like very illuminating of his character that he noticed all these things about Bella that she never told him. Yeah, it it shows a friend who like legitimately cares about you and wants to get to know you more and pays attention to the little things like that. It's it's very nice to know that you have friends like that. Definitely, definitely. And it affects Bella in that way too. She's like, wow, I never you know, told him that. I'm so surprised that he knew that. So they get to the movie. It's funny because Bella has to buy Jacob's ticket. Poor guy. But the fact that they're both sitting there hoping that she'll take one of their hands may be a little more justified on Jacob's part, but not much. Because why would she do that? And a group of three. <sighs> There's more hand-holding at the end of this chapter, which leads me to think that Bella and Jacob weirdly do this more often than you would think. But I would never, ever hold the hand of someone who has a crush on me and I, like, like just like that. You know, like, for an extended period of time to for to to just do it. You know, like grabbing someone's hand because like, oh, you need help getting up somewhere, like to do a function, understandable. This is holding hands just to hold hands. No, Bella, don't don't do this. Jacob, I can see why Jacob would want it, but when you do it, you're just telling him that there's a chance, you know? That's not the thing to be doing. I fully agree. I feel like it's unless it's someone who you are not sexually attracted to, like if you are, for example, like if you're heterosexual and it was another girl and she was also heterosexual, you know, and you, you knew that if it's that or if it's church. OK, otherwise, yeah. no, there's no platonic handholding. It doesn't exist. I'm sorry. It's it's not like a hug, which can 100 percent be platonic. Handholding is very specifically like. I don't even want to say romantic, like it's like a physical connection with someone that in a way can be romantic. I, I just, there's no platonicness of it. There just isn't. I almost feel like it's like, not in a creepy way, but like an ownership type of thing. Cause it's a very visual outward sign of like romantic feelings are implied, you know? Mm -hmm. 100%. It sends it sends a message to those seeing it and also those participating. Yep. Well, after we've popped off about Bella's behavior for the 90th time. Um, so they're in the movie and all of a sudden Mike kind of like puts his head in his hands and then he gets up and sprints out. He said, well, before he does it, he says, I think I'm sick. And so... Bella and Jacob follow him out and Jacob goes into the bathroom to check on him and he's kind of rude. He's like, what a marshmallow. You should hold out for someone with a stronger stomach. Someone who laughs at the gore that makes weaker men vomit. I'm like, y'all know norovirus is going around. Like, at this point, I'm freaking out if I'm Bella because I am low-key a germaphobe and I'm like, ah! I'm dead. <laughs> also, at this 16-year-old calling himself and the other six well i guess mike is maybe 17 or 18 but calling both of them men like you are literally a child yes <laughs> yes that's for sure so while they're waiting for mike to finish his business 
they sit there and they have this conversation that Paige was referring to earlier. And the gist of it is like, Bella tries to tell Jacob that she is not ever going to be in in a, a state of mind or shape to date him the way that he wants her to date him. Um, you know, like she calls herself damaged goods at one point, and that seems to be really how she feels. And, you know, she says, like, you deserve better than that. And he's just very adamantly like, well, I'm going to hang around and wait. Like, I got nothing better to do, basically, is what he's saying. Like, I I really care about you. Like, it's my problem, is essentially what he says. What do you think of this? You kind of talked about it earlier, but what are your thoughts on this conversation? I don't like that attitude. I feel like if someone tells you, no, I'm not interested, that should be the bottom line. And for him to think, or and even outwardly say, this is my problem, it's not, though. Because when you keep, I'm assuming, when he keeps pursuing her and she doesn't want it, she has to continue feeling awkward like this. And, like, sh- she has to be on eggshells on everything that she does that it doesn't send the wrong message to him. Like, if someone tells you that, they're not interested in you and in that way and that they're not in a healthy place right now to be in a relationship with someone you shouldn't be trying to force something or say well well I'll wait I'll wait for you that's not how it works you know that just puts the other person in a really uncomfortable situation that they've explicitly said that they didn't even want to be in in the first place I mostly agree But I feel like I have several thoughts. I feel like this is a very teenager thing to do on both of their parts. I feel like Bella's not saying, I'm not interested in you. She's saying, I'm not interested in dating. And those are two very different things. Finally, I would be remiss if I didn't share about the time that I kind of did this. It was a very different situation. But... I was involved with this guy in college who had had a really bad breakup and did the thing that some people do when they're not mature enough to just tell someone no and walk away, where he basically was like, I'm not ready yet, but I really care about you. And so then that put me in a bad position because I felt like I was obligated to wait for him to be ready. And so I'm not saying that that's exactly the situation here because it's obviously very different. But I almost feel like what Bella is saying is sending the not even the wrong message, because it is true. It's true that Bella just has no interest in ever doing that again. But Jacob is like, okay, then it's not about me. Then maybe I can change her mind about the institution of dating, you know? Yeah, I guess I didn't interpret her attitudes that way. I thought that she was getting at, I don't have those feelings for you like I don't like you the way that you like me that's that was how I interpreted the situation and you're 100% right in that and I have also been that person um that is put into that situation well maybe if I wait there's a chance that it could happen in the future um I thought that she was just saying there's no chance I don't like you that way in which case I think my point still stands that for someone to be like, well, I still like you that way. So I'll wait for you. And it's my problem to have. Like, I think that that's inappropriate, but from what you're saying, I totally get, I get what you're saying. And I agree. Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying too, that that would be inappropriate if that was the case, but I just don't think she ever comes out and says that she says that she likes Jacob better than all the other guys and all the other girls that she knows. And she says, I'm not going to change, meaning she's not going to heal to a place where, you know, she could do that. And then she says, you shouldn't waste your time on me. I can't imagine how I could not like being with you. Just don't expect more. But never, in my opinion, does she come out and say, like, I don't like you that way, you know, even if it's true. Yeah, I like like I'm. I'm reading those sentences and I can see how I interpret it to mean 
I'm not, it's never, it's never going to be more than that because I don't feel that way towards you. But reading it from the perspective that you've been describing, I can see that now too. I just interpreted the information incorrectly. Yeah, well, I'm even, I'm not even saying it's incorrect because Bella has not come out and told us the readers, like if she has any romantic feelings towards him. Um, so it's not necessarily to say that like I'm right. And, and it's the same is true for me, like reading them from how you interpret it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Basically she should have been more clear, which is kind of what you said earlier. Yeah. I, I still think that, that her goal and she even says it at some point, I just saw it that now is a chance to set some clear boundaries and then she like doesn't do it at all so it's like even if you're not even if that's if the point that you're trying to get at is I'm not in a place right now where or maybe even ever to have someone be with me romantically again and Jacob says okay well you know I'll wait maybe things will change doing all the things that she's doing seems like it's sending Jacob that message when it might not be that way. You know, like for the most part, I would say the, like the whole beginning of this chapter of this chapter and section, Bella isn't, isn't ready for a relationship and, and she's not in that place, but she's still doing all these things that communicate that message to Jacob. So all I agree altogether. What I'm trying to say is I agree with you that she just needs to be more clear and honest about what her boundaries are. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's easier said than done. You know, we do a lot of ragging on Bella for how she treats Jacob, which I think is justified, but it is very hard. And it was probably harder back then in 2008 or whatever it was for women to feel like they were allowed to set boundaries, you know? Yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. And she's a teenager too like all together it's it's hard to to like you said set boundaries for yourself and just be a good person to you when you're basically a kid right and we already know how bella feels about herself which is very negative yeah yeah it's this chapter is frustrating and sad and for like pretty much everyone involved i'd Though I feel good for no one except Billy. <laughs> Same. And going back to this trio of misery, Mike finally comes out and he's like, I need to go home. And so um, Jacob gets him a popcorn bucket so he doesn't throw up all over his new car, which I forgot to mention is done. And as we mentioned earlier, the, the poor teenager working at the concession stand is like, get him out of here, <laughs> which same. Um, so then they're driving back and Jacob Bella notices that Jacob is very warm and like uncomfortably so and so she thinks he might be feverish but um you know it's pretty quiet on the way home and Bella's just thinking about what Paige already mentioned you know how I need to like set some boundaries but I don't you know she doesn't end up doing it so I'll just read these couple paragraphs I'm on page 216 it was so wrong to encourage Jacob pure selfishness it didn't matter that I tried to make my position clear. If he felt any hope at all that this could turn into something other than friendship, then I hadn't been clear enough. How could I explain so that he would understand? I was like an empty shell, like a vacant house condemned for months I've, I'd been utterly uninhabitable. Try saying that five times fast. Now I was a little improved. The front room was in better repair, but that was all, just the one small piece. He deserved better than that, better than a one room falling down fixer upper, no amount of investment on his part could put me back in working order. Yet I knew that I wouldn't send him away regardless. I needed him too much and I was selfish. Maybe I could make my side more clear so that he would know to leave me. The thought made me shudder and Jacob tightened his arm around me. I mean, she's in a tough place because she, she is addicted to him. And that's very unhealthy. It's unhealthy in every situation whenever you get addicted to a person. And... She knows that she's selfish and she's going to do it anyways. Cause it, so there's really nothing else that you and I can say because she already knows. Yeah, this the way that she's kind of talking about herself in the last paragraph that you read, very reminiscent of Edward, like how she felt and talked towards Edward. Maybe if I'm more clear about how plain and regular I am, like he'll finally realize that he's the one being crazy and that 
you know, I don't deserve him at all and that he can do way better than me. Like, that, it just reminded me a lot of the way that she talked about herself in regards to Edward. Yeah, that's fair and sad. Yeah. So, um, Bella drives Mike home and Jacob follows her so that she can have a ride. And then when they get back to Bella's house, Jacob says that he's feeling weird, just wrong, not sick, just wrong is the word that he uses. And then he has this horrible, corny moment where he says, you know, basically, I will never let you down. You can always count on me. And she's like, I do count on you. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Basically, she's, yeah, she's like, I already do count on you probably more than you know. And he gets really happy about that. And she says, I wanted to cut my tongue out. I should have lied. The truth was wrong. It would hurt him. Well, you didn't. So before she can think about this further, Jacob's like, I really need to go. Like, I really don't feel well. So he leaves. Then let's just have a quick discussion about this thing at the bottom of page 218. So Bella basically says that she wishes Jacob was her brother so that she could love him without it being romantic. Is this creepy? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think so too. I mean, she hasn't really said too, too much in a way that shows that she has romantic feelings towards him, but she did call him beautiful in the last chapter, so maybe, maybe not. And she hasn't said this to him, but she does say on page 219, I never meant to love him, implying that she loves him, which is not a word you can just throw around Bella. I know you didn't learn that lesson from your last relationship, but. The, this book is like halfway done. Who knows what what more tortures Bella's going to put me through. Agreed. And also, you can love someone, as I was just saying, like, don't throw that word around. But the point stands, you can love someone and have it not be romantic. And I feel bad that Bella thinks, like, that that's not possible. Yeah. I can see her thinking that, like, like feeling that way about someone of the opposite sex. Because I feel like her really only interaction with boys her age at this point have been boys who are interested in her. Like, there's been practically, I, I can't, I don't think I can even think of maybe Quill and Embry, like, like boys that are in high school that haven't acted in like a romantic-y way kind of towards her. So like, I feel like especially men and boys can't, she can't say that she loves them without it having some sort of romantic inclination to it very true and i'm just gonna throw it out there don't send me hate mail but it might be a little bit of a mormon thing i'm just saying because i know that they isn't isn't it a thing that they don't date until they're gonna get married right maybe or did i make that up (laughs) (laughs) but let me know i'm sure you will let me know in the comments (laughs) Okay, so Bella gets home, and she is waiting for Jacob to call and say, you know, he made it home safe because she was worried about him. And she waits long enough, and she's like, it's been too long. So she calls his house, Billy answers, and he says Jacob was too sick to call, and he sounds just very far away. Bella's like, well, if I can help at all, like, I can come down. And he says, we're fine, stay at your place. And Bella says the way he said it was almost rude. Um, so Bella's like, okay, well, maybe I'll go check on him tomorrow. Like, this is a weird situation. But then she wakes up with the stomach flu tomorrow, the next day. <laughs> and we don't need to get into it. You know, she's just sick. Although I will say, she talks about how she sleeps in the bathroom. And I'm very curious, what is your best slept in the bathroom story? It's really embarrassing. Okay, you don't have to tell. Tell your second best. Uh... I don't really have a lot of sleeping in the bathroom stories. Like, the only one I can think of is the really bad one. Basically, long story short, I bought tequila for the first time in, like, two years. And I drank too much. 
I fell asleep on the bathroom floor with the door locked and Millie had to break in because she had to pee and I and she peed while I was sleeping on the bathroom floor. Not that embarrassing. I thought to myself the next day or like at four in the morning when I woke up and I was like, I should go to bed. How did I end up on the floor? Because I didn't even have my phone with me. Like, sometimes I'll, like, sit on the ground and watch videos. And I was like, oh, maybe, like, I was watching a video and I just kind of dozed off. And Millie was like, well, did you throw up? Because that's, like, the main reason why someone would be on the bathroom floor. And I was like, I didn't, I don't feel like I did. Like, I don't have, like, any of the, like, after symptoms. And for, like, a week and a half, I could not figure out why I was on the floor. And then I was peeing one day and I saw toilet bowl cleaner on the floor. And I was like, I was cleaning the toilet. That's what I was doing. I have a memory of me peeing, seeing the toilet bowl cleaner and being like, oh, Danny's going to be here in a week. I should clean the boy part of the toilet because we never do because I only live with a, a girl. And I guess I did that and then fell asleep. I mean, that's very wholesome, Paige. You want to know mine? It's, I have a lot of them. I have more than I'd like to admit. But <laughs> literally in 2019, I went back to my college town for the first time since I graduated in 2018. And as you do, I fucking went hard. And we had a hotel room, me and three of my friends that graduated at the same time as me. And in the middle of the night, I woke up sharing a bed with another person, which, you know, you can't throw up in that bed. That's that's number one you can't do. So I was like, I'm not feeling too good. Maybe I'll just go hang in the bathroom. But So I was hanging in there. I was very tired, and the floor was very cold. And I was like, well, if they want to come in here and pee, like, I feel like an asshole because I'm in here. So my brilliant drunk idea was to sleep in the bathtub. So I slept in the bathtub. Whole night, my socks were under the faucet part, and it had a drip, and I was drunk enough that I didn't realize, so I woke up and my socks were dripping wet, and I slept in a fucking bathtub. So it could be worse. It could be worse. That's all I'm saying. It could be worse. A hotel bathtub. Did you get, like, a staph infection? I did get a pretty bad cold after that, but who knows where that was from. It could have been from anything. <laughs> That's a pretty good story. It's awful. The common denominator in both of these stories is liquor. Yeah. I don't know what got me so good that night. Because normally I only throw up on vodka, but maybe I did have some. I really couldn't tell you. Anyways. <laughs> um. So when Bella is starting to feel better. Also, I feel so bad for Charlie. He's like, you need anything? She's like, no. He's like, okay. And he just leaves. <laughs> like he's he's a fish out of water. It's so bad. But she calls Jacob when she's feeling a little bit better. And it's a weird conversation. So he says that he feels horrible. And she's like, well, you probably feel better soon because, like, we got sick around the same time. And he says, I don't think I have the same thing you did. This is something else. Every part of me hurts. And then he kind of has the same line as Billy because um, Bella says, what can I do, Jake? What can I bring you? Nothing. You can't come here. I'll call you when I can. I'll let you know when you can come down again. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's like, I have to go. And then they have this kind of weird pause, which I hate these weird pauses at the end of, like, a phone call where you've kind of had a fight where it's like, are we going to say goodbye? Or... And so Bella finally says, I'll see you soon. He says, wait for me to call. Okay, bye, Jacob. Bella, he whispered my name and then hung up the phone. So I'm sure you got some thoughts on what's going on. Let's hear them. Seems like there could be some uh, transformations a Bruin. Bruin, okay. Do you got any specifics on what you think is going down? Or? I mean, my thoughts are that maybe like the first time that you transform into a werewolf, it's like you get really sick, I guess, or like your body is just going through this transformation. Transformation. I mean, when when people are bit by vampires in this this world it's very painful for like a couple days and then you're a vampire so it's possible that the same thing kind of is going on where it's like first transformation is you you just get really sick that was what i kind of figured that makes sense 
Okay. Was there anything else from this chapter that you wanted to go over? I did want to just put something out there. And I mean, there's no way for you to confirm this. It's just a thought that's in my mind. Um, so we know that the werewolves, at least the basic of what I know, that these werewolves transform in the presence of vampires, which was kind of how, or which is how Carlisle moving the family there is problematic. We've been seeing that this big bear has been around for a bit now at this point. So are there vampires around? Like the fact that like Jacob is, tr I'm assuming, transforming and there seems to be other werewolves transforming as well leads me to think that from what I know about how it all works, that maybe there's some vampires around. If there, if your theory is true, like other than the, would you think it would be the colons? Who would it be in this theory? I mean, my brain thinks that it has to be the colons. I could, I know that I said earlier that it, it would be hard if Edward was there to restrain himself in situations, but I mean, maybe he knows that Bella's being all reckless and maybe he's come to check on things, you know, like maybe keep an eye on her without being involved. I mean, she hasn't ridden the motorcycle in a week, so she hasn't really put herself in too much danger at this point. So, I mean, it could easily be one of the Cullens I could see, maybe even Alice or Carlisle just peeking around. Okay. It's very interesting that you bring this up because now I'm like, do I want to read the next chapter live so that the audience can get your reaction to what's going on? Let me count how many pages it is. It is 27 pages. That's a lot to read. Would you be down to read the first 10 pages of the chapter? And then I will read the last 17 pages of the chapter to you. Sure. I mean, do you want to read 17 pages live? I think the one I, the last one I did was like 15 or 16. So it wouldn't be that different. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. All right. I'm very curious to see what you will think of what is going on. Oh, no. I'm worried. <laughs> so the next chapter is called The Meadow. What do you think might... What are your predictions? Okay, well, I think that they find the meadow because they're unsuccessful in adrenaline. Um, I think that it's definitely possible that they end up getting to the meadow and I mean maybe Edward's gonna be there I mean honestly like you know he this is his place that he goes to for thought maybe this is where he's been the whole time just chilling you know keeping an eye on things um but the meadow the meadow immediately makes me think of Edward which is why I think that maybe he'll make an appearance in this chapter if nothing I think 100% Bella and Jacob are gonna make their way to the meadow my brain then thinks they're just gonna stumble on Edward being there and it's gonna blow Bella's brain out of her skull but we'll see okay I like it um I need you to have lots of self-control and not look at so if you open up your book for me to page 234 Okay. Don't look at the next page. I'm not. I'm covering it with my hand. Do you see how the the last sentence is? How could I have explained the way I was fracturing into pieces, the way I had to curl into, and then it goes on to the next page? A ball. Do you see that? Is it marked differently? Yes. No, no, no. It's not marked differently. It's it's the same. Okay. So that paragraph ends with, it was so much better that I didn't have an audience. Yes. Stop right there. 234, 234. Got it. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not look at the bottom of the next page. I'm scared. <laughs> I just really want to get your reaction to this. It hadn't occurred to me until you were talking that I was like, ooh, this is kind of a twisty, turny one. Anyways, on that note, um, when y'all are hearing this, it's going to be September 14th. So Paige and I will be gone we will not have a new episode out september 21st so a week from when you're hearing this i have to be out of town for various things so we will be back on the 28th for 
this live reading, half live reading, this hybrid reading. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So I think that covers that. So socials. It's been it's been a little, a little bit of a quiet week on Instagram and Tumblr. We've had some great interactions on Twitter. Love that. Keep that coming. Um, but our socials are as follows. On Instagram and Tumblr, we are at Tuesdays are for Twilight. Please come hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. On Twitter, we are at Taft Pod, T-A-F-T Pod. Our Gmail, if you have any feedback or any theories or anything else that you want to send us, is Tuesdays are for Twilight at gmail.com. I always see them before Paige does, so if you send spoilers, that's okay, because I'll say them. Um, but, you know, try and throw Paige a bone to and talk to her. Um, and then our Patreon, if you're so inclined, is um, patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. And as always, please support the Quillette tribe, and you can learn all about their initiative to move their cultural lands and traditions to safer land at mthg.org. What do you got, Paige? Okay, this might be the most important pro tip I'll ever give. If you if you only listen to one piece of advice that I give, listen to this. Always wash your rice before you cook it. I've never done that. It's a game changer. In what way? I just, I feel like the texture comes out better. You, like, when you f physically see how much shit you clean off of the rice, it's kind of disturbing. And it kind of just helps, like, I think it helps the texture because you kind of, like, move the, the like, you, I don't want to say exfoliate, but, like, you're just kind of cleaning that, like, rind, I guess. It's not even rind. I don't know. It just seems fluffier to me. It's soft. It's like soft. I said soft two times in a row. Um, I just, it, I think it's a texture game changer. I was having my rice come out just like not great. And then Liddy was like, you got to make sure you wash it. And it was like the best rice that I've ever had. Dang. Okay. So do you like rinse it in a pan and then drain the pan? Yeah. You basically put some water in and you swirl the rice around and you'll see like the water is kind of cloudy, drain the rice, and then you just keep doing that until the water is clear. All right, duly noted. This has been very educational for me. Thank you. Yeah. All right, we'll see you all in two weeks for chapter 10 of New Moon. Bye guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm -hmm.